Betches Media presents. Will you suck I'm in. to fix this water problem? Sorry to this man. You can have a hundred people in the room. And I, oh, goodbye, Kyle. At Betches. Rise and shine. Hello and welcome back to the At Betches podcast. My name is Mike Coscarelli. I am your king of podcasts here at Betches Media. I am joined today by two very special guests. I, I kind of consider us the dream team, personally. Uh, I'm joined by the very funny Chris Burns, a.k.a. Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Hello, Chris. Hello, uh, self-proclaimed king of podcasts. How are you? <laughs> the audience, listen, it's all about brand recognition. The audience knows me as king of podcasts at this point. Okay. Well, the audience, you know me as Fat Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were also joined... By Dana Samuel. Dana, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I think we are the dream team. That I have to agree with. Sam. There's no doubt that we are. I think that like we're when we have to put these threesomes together every single week, I'm always hoping that we can coordinate it in a way where it's the three of us. Because we do the best <laughs> conversation. We're clearly the funniest. Uh, and I just don't think anybody is better than us, frankly. Here, here. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's give you a little taste of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we have a, a, this is a, a packed episode. There's a lot to talk about. Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, uh, passed away at 43 this weekend after a fight with colon cancer. We'll do a little tribute to him, and we'll also discuss his impact and relevance uh, using his platform for good. Um, Adele's carnival outfit deemed controversial. So much to talk about there. All three of us have uh, very similar yet different opinions on it. So there's going to be a lot to say, I think. <laughs> Uh, how do you make friends as an adult during a pandemic? We're going to discuss that after there was a great article in the New York Times uh, that broke it down. And then later, we have a conversation between Chris Burns and Heather from Selling Sunset that I got to sit on. It was very fascinating. Would you agree, Chris? I live for it. I lo- Everyone knows I'm a Heather stan, so. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we want to let you know what's going on at Betches. Dana? Of course, as always, I'm here to plug my own newsletter, The Bachelor Breakdown. If you are interested in The Bachelor or if you're interested in basically getting a peek into Chris, Kay, and my group chat, make sure that you subscribe to The Bachelor Breakdown. It's every Tuesday. Break down all the drama from the episodes, any cringeworthy moments, any updates on past contestants. And what they're up to today, you can subscribe by going to betches.co slash bachelor breakdown. Again, you'll get that every Tuesday. All right, guys. With all that being said, let's get into our topics today. First off, obviously, uh, we lost Chadwick Boseman this weekend. Uh, I saw it scrolling through Instagram. Um, I think that that in and of itself is a testament to the fact that he is a uh, he wasn't just a movie star. Uh, the, I, I saw it on a sneaker account. I think I saw it on like, like BR kicks or something that, you know, the news came out that he passed. And I think that that in and of itself, like I said, sort of shows his cultural impact that he was kind of, you know, beloved by everybody relevant everywhere. Um, let's start here. Were you shocked to find out that he first off was battling colon cancer second off, obviously, um, you know, passed from it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had no idea that he was, sick at all so i was i mean i saw he died i then when you read the article like it's crazy he'd been battling it for a long time i know like i've had family members that have died of colon cancer so 
I don't know. Yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, yeah, I was also really surprised. My friend actually texted me. I think it broke it at uh, almost 11 p.m. when the news came out. And one of my best friends texted me. And obviously, I jumped on the internet, jumped on Instagram, saw everyone sharing tributes and everything. And it was... I, I was surprised in a way at how strongly I felt about it, how sad it actually made me. Obviously, I, I've never met him other than just knowing him from his work. But truly, I, I was so, so sad to hear about it. Yeah, to me, it was very similar to um, when we lost Kobe Bryant uh, for a lot of reasons. For, for I mean, Kobe, I think to me, was a tiny bit more shocking in the sense that you know he was i had seen him at a sideline on a basketball game literally the night before uh mm-hmm. the the accident happened so that Jeez. yeah that was very uh that rattled me a little bit but with Ch- I, the weird thing is with chadwick boseman there had been there had kind of been rumors that something might have been been up with him he did a a, um, a live stream or a, an instagram live or, or something uh early on in the pandemic where he he made an appearance and he looked very thin and there were write-ups about it saying you know fans are sort of worried about Chadwick Boseman they're saying he looks really thin they're wondering if he's healthy or whatever so when I saw heard the news it sort of clicked and I was just like ah shit that means you know this dude's had to have been sick for a while but I I got a text from my sister probably about an hour after it happened and we're a big Marvel family. Like we're my, we both love these Marvel movies so much. And, um, you know, obviously him being black Panther, who's, you know, that, that movie made a billion dollars. Also the character is in like six of those movies. It's not just, just the black Panther movie. He's in all the Avengers movies. He's in the captain America movies. Um, you, we did the math on it. To be a superhero in these movies, you have to be in awesome shape. You have to like look a certain way or whatever. And that means that he was going through chemo while he was filming Black Panther. So he is like in superhero shape while he's going through chemotherapy, which is crazy to think about, which makes it all, again, even more shocking that there was this like that he was able to, to do all of this work at a very high level while he was this sick. I mean it just kind of like, it just kicks you in the nuts. You know, you're just, you're, you're just in this position where you're just like, Jesus Christ, this guy was 43 years old. He looked like he was very healthy. And then, you know, something like this that can happen. It's just like flabbergasting, you know? Definitely. And uh, first of all, the, this is just a little side tangent of, he, I had no idea how old he was. I didn't know he was 43. That is just a testament to Black Don't Crack. It really does not. He looked <laughs> phenomenal for yeah. being 43. Yeah. And then just going yeah. off what you said about having to do those Marvel movies, I'm a huge Marvel fan myself. And I mean, to the point where if it's night, I need a little something to lull me to sleep. I'm putting on a Marvel movie I've seen yeah. seven times already. Yeah. And he, I mean, is doing such intense scenes. I'm not sure if he's doing all of his stunts in every single movie or scene or whatever, but even just having to run around in some of those things or yeah. look the way that he had to look, as you said, that is a, that, that's strenuous on anyone, never mind someone who's going through a fatal yeah. disease battling yeah. that. Yeah, I think even like looking at his last tweets and stuff, it kind of seems like maybe he knew that mm. the end was near. 
which is just like you know even more fucked up it's just been like such a year for randa i mean and naya rivera that died what like two months ago uh, yeah chi chi devane who's like a big drag race uh name died and also had been like struggling with kidney disease apparently for the past like however many years including while she was on two seasons of the show died like it's just been it's like a tragic year in a lot of ways just uh, things yeah. that you weren't expecting to happen people you weren't expecting to lose you know uh lifestyle that you uh, you know completely upended um you know, it's just like very chaotic. But with Chadwick, I, I, I wanted to get Dana's opinion or point of view on the the uh, importance of him sort of being the, the first black superhero. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big comic book fan. I can't really remember another movie where, you know, a, a black superhero was front and center. Uh, and as we said, Black Panther it's standalone movie made a billion dollars, which I think speaks to the cultural relevance of it. Um, obviously, as somebody that did not grow up black uh, and is still not black, <laughs> I don't. I, I, I was a, I was such a huge fan. I felt that when Black Panther was coming out, you could feel the importance of it because of the people that wanted to be involved with it. You know, it was like huge news. Yeah. Movie was coming out. Kendrick Lamar does the soundtrack and all these people of so good. note. Want- yeah, I'm not a Marvel guy at all, but like I saw it in theaters simply yeah. because of the Angela Bassett, like seeing Angela Bassett. <laughs> yeah. And the like queen garb. Literally, I was like, iconic. I gotta see that movie. If Angela Bassett's name is attached to anything, I'm there. Yeah, and it didn't look like other superhero movies. It, it like it has it has all these colors. It has this like it has this um this uh cultural feel around it that I you know I don't think we'd really seen in a big blockbuster superhero movie like that before. But Dana, as somebody who you know uh you know we've had a lot of conversations similar to this on this podcast with you. What was what do you feel like the significance of uh, him portraying that character means to to uh, the culture? Well, if anyone new is listening, I'm black. That's why they're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI, um, I think I think it's incredible. I I mean, I I love all the Marvel movies, but there was just something when I saw Black Panther for the first, second, 12th time, it, every single time, it's just like black magic. And I know that's such a, sometimes people think overused term to describe black culture or whatever, but truly it was black magic at its finest. It was such a star-studded cast, Angel Bassett, Michael B. Jordan, and everyone was, it was just phenomenal. And I think you've seen after his passing you've seen how many celebrities and otherwise are coming forward sharing stories about their children who are black boys and girls growing up finally having a superhero who looks like them to look up to to idolize who is you know in the movie he's fighting for good he's still um there's still a lot of cultural representation in the in the sense of they make a lot of references to specifically his culture in the movie and different um rituals or practices that they have that you know hold up throughout the whole film and in all the other avengers films that he's featured in so i think that was it was truly a turning point and 
a, a great milestone to hit for so many kids to have something to look up to. I read a story of a little boy who loved Spider-Man. That was his favorite Marvel superhero, always dressed up like him. And Black Panther came out and it was like hearts coming out of his eyes. He's right. like, oh my God, he looks like me. He's cha- mm. He got rid of all of his Spider-Man stuff, got all Black Panther merch, was dressing up as him, everything like that. And that's just one of, I'm sure, billions of stories yeah. like that of children, adults. My dad, I, I mean, maybe he's been a closet Marvel person, but <laughs> I never heard of him watching a Marvel movie before Black Panther. He like bought a t-shirt, everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it had such a big impact and it's such a big loss to people who knew him and people who wish they knew him, people who just were a fan of his and people who potentially were going to have the opportunity to work with him, but now never will. And it's, yeah. it's devastating. And I know um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the man who's lined up to be the first Asian superhero in the Marvel universe did a tribute to him saying that he, you know, carved the path for, him to be able to come in and play this role as the first Asian superhero. So, I mean, truly trailblazing in a lot of different ways in regard to representation in popular media. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's a devastating loss, honestly. It is. Yeah, Dan, I agree. I mean, even just as somebody who is just a fan of all of, of I, I became a fan of him. You know, I, I threw Black Panther and I had seen a lot of his work and then you start seeing him. You forget that these guys also have these careers before they're um, like huge blockbuster movie stars. So it would get to a point where I would see him, at, you know, after Black Panther in other stuff, like like bit parts yeah. coming up, like a Law and Order or like he did. Uh, there was a show called Justified that I, I loved and I went and rewatched that. And there is a couple episodes where like he's in that before he did any other work like you I think those Marvel movies they put you in a position where you're following somebody for 10 years you know you're following their story and you're like with them and you want to see what happens next and everything like that and then you start to get to feel like you know the cast you know and mm-hmm. it gets emotional man like the like you kind of feel like you lose a, a a friend and I think it was the same Kobe had the same sort of thing where like I don't know you don't I don't think that you really necessarily understand how much you you miss this person that you don't know yeah. uh until they're not here anymore and then it's just like you have to like process this thing where it's just like jesus christ i I, you know i wasn't ready to think about this i thought that we had another 50 years together you know or or whatever and you know it's, it's very sad this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Perhaps we should 
switch gears to something a little more light and fun, like cultural appropriation. Ooh. How does that sound, everybody? <laughs> it's a real light episode today. <laughs> uh, well, Adele went viral. She, uh, she, a lot of people are accusing her of, a, of cultural appropriation uh, after she wore um, a, an outfit uh, and a hairstyle that is, is traditionally uh, African uh, to celebrate Carnival in Tottenham, I believe, correct? Yeah, which is her hometown. Yeah. Right. Uh, so she posted this picture. She's wearing this uh, stuff that, you know, she doesn't particularly look like Adele. Um, and people are talking about it on the internet in uh, a not so positive light. Uh, you can check out the picture. If you just Google Adele right now, it'll be the first thing that pops up if you just want to see it for more reference. But um, uh, let's start with this idea of a cultural appropriation. Um, we were talking before we hit record uh, kind of doing like a pre-podcast before the actual podcast uh, where we were talking about the differences of the perception of this between America and other places. Do you guys think that in this, first off, what are your overall feelings on this particular um, accusation of cultural appropriation? So like when I first saw the picture, I was like, oh God, <laughs> like the number of, his, of comments are like, Adele, delete this now, delete it, delete it, delete it. <laughs> I'm like, delete it, girl. But I think also we as Americans come at things in a different way than a lot of the rest of the world. And I think that appropriation, like how the Kardashians appropriate Black culture to like make millions of dollars. Yeah. I do think is different than Adele who like grew up in this town that is... Uh, has a big Jamaican population that I think she, yes, obviously went about it incorrectly, but like the way she was appropriating the culture was just to celebrate the culture. She wasn't making any like money off of what she was doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know Mike has here what, (laughs) what were our initial thoughts when we saw (laughs) the photo and to be completely honest, my first thought was, girl, tie-dye leggings with green and yellow top? <laughs> that was my first thought. But we were t- I was talking about this, like Mike said, in our, our little pre-podcast. That, pre-pod, yeah. Yeah, our pre-pod. At my college, we had different cultural centers, one of which put on a carnival for our campus every year. And anyone was allowed to be a part of the cultural centers. Obviously it was meant to be a safe haven for students who identified where they're, they're black, Asian, Puerto Rican, whatever Um, for them to, you know, be there with people of like interest who looked like them, et cetera. Um, But anyone was welcome to join. So there were a handful of white students who were involved in those. And those students were more than welcome to, dress up in the carnival outfits and the big feathers and the bright colors, sparkles, everything. And that wasn't seen as appropriation. Granted, that was, I mean, not that long ago, a couple years ago. But <laughs> even then was so much different than now in regard to how people, I feel like everyone is very wound up and very tense and on edge at all times now. I mean, for good reason. Granted, everything yeah. that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, just right. mentioning that, obviously, it's for good reason. 
But just comparing that to 2018, I mean, I don't think as many people would have been coming for Adele so strongly. Right. And yeah. in those... Also, co- sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but I also think that, like, so many of the people coming for her are Americans. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. In those comments, I scrolled through a bunch of them, and a lot of them were, like Chris was saying, delete this, how dare you, all that. But then I saw about an equal amount of people saying, uh, those are the black Americans saying that I'm Jamaican. I think it's great that you wanted to celebrate our culture. Right. Yeah. And I think that is like sort of honestly, as a, as a person who, uh, you know, is uh, a, not a person of color, I think at this point, having some sort of line between appropriation and celebration is really important because I do think that it is very American to get upset on behalf of somebody else who didn't ask you to, you know what I mean? But the other thing is like, like to Chris's point, I do remember when, when Miley Cyrus all, had that phase where all of a sudden she was like making hip hop music and, and people were like, where the fuck did this come from? Like <laughs> it's the same sort of vein as the, the Kardashian exploitation and appropriation of, of making a million dollars off of it. Like Chris just said, and I think, you know, in Adele's case, you know, I go to the Puerto Rican Day Parade every year in New York City. I'm not Puerto Rican. I just think it's awesome. And it's like, it's fun to celebrate, you know. And I think it's a similar situation where, you know, Adele is from there. She has a, a lot of people that are in her life, I would assume, that, um, you know, if if you grew up around this stuff and you're kind of part of the culture, I don't see it as much of an issue as if you're just like, okay, here's my new album. It's all Jamaican music and it's me on the cover wearing all of this stuff and like, please buy it. You know? I think also um, a bit, I personally, I don't love whenever I see white women in particular sporting. I mean, what's traditionally or frequently or, you know, made known hairstyles by black people so cornrows or whatever it is bantu knots in this case which is the hairstyle adele has honestly i think if she had just had her hair out no one would give a fuck about the fact that she had on feathers and a jamaican flag bikini top i think it's just the hairstyle which uh, i don't love that she had that on that um hairstyle but truly if she didn't have it, I don't think we would be even be having this conversation right yeah. now. I, I also always think of with her and the Kardashians, the hairstylist that is like putting their hair in bantu knots and putting their hair in braids. That's like thinking like this is not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because they're so famous, they are not going to say anything. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Dana, before we move on, do you think an explanation from Adele would make things better or worse if she had come, if she just comes out and is like, hey, man, I'm from Tottenham. I, I didn't really think twice about this. I, I just, you know, I have a lot of people in my life. We've always celebrated like this. I feel like Adele's style is not to do that. I feel like Adele has a Beyonce way of dealing with issues where it's just yeah. like, stay quiet until they have, they drop what they want to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, give it a couple days. Honestly, I'm sure, especially Kardashian something <laughs> or something else will come up that people happen, are, yeah. are tearing apart. But honestly, I, I, I can't say if it'll make it better or worse. I don't, genuinely, I'm not, I, I don't care that much about this and not to be like 
I'm fine with people looking however weight. No, I don't love that she had Bantu knots in, but I think that some people are are really taking it extremely personally and not to say that you shouldn't feel how you want to feel and not to say that it's perfectly okay that she was, you know, sporting a traditionally black hairstyle, but I don't think her coming out and being like, this is the population here. I think people are going to say, okay, so just because you know black people, you can do whatever you right. want. So. Right. It just becomes this like, yeah, just a wormhole. Yeah. 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 We've all been there trying to fit everything we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip. No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes, bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. Let's move on. We have uh, one more thing to discuss before we get into Chris's interview with Heather. Uh, great piece in the New York Times, How to Meet New People Even at a Distance. Uh, it was written by Julia Hotz. Um, this is an interesting, to give you guys just a rundown, um, there's a lot of science out there that says that if you don't maintain personal relationships with people, it can lead to a lot of bad health things. Like, like Yeah, that was hard stress. to hear. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Higher stress levels, worse sleep, potentially a shorter death. life. Yeah, death. <laughs> I was like, um, oh, shit. 
<laughs> so Julia laid out some potential ways that people can cultivate some new uh, friendships and relationships uh, during the pandemic when you can't actually do that. But there are some questions in there that are pretty general about making friends as an adult and, and seeking out new relationships past a certain age. It makes a lot of sense because this is the first year. I, I just turned 31 last week. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, uh, Mike. Thank you, everybody. Birthday, thank you. Mike. Please hold the applause. Um, <laughs> it was the first time that I started realizing, you know, given this entire year and everything, that I don't have a new place to make adult friends. You know, you go through... Uh, stages of your life. You're in school. You make friends at school. You're in, you know, you go to college, which is just school continued, <laughs> but it's a different experience. You make friends from college. You start your job. You make some friends at work. Uh, and then after that, that's kind of it. Where do you go to make new friends? Uh, where do you go to meet new people that isn't weird? And how much worse has that been during the pandemic? Have you guys tried to get out there? And Chris, well, you and I are both single. I don't know if you've been so Mike and I are <laughs> single, but let's be clear about the difference between my being single and Mike's being single. What uh, what what do we need to be clear about? So Mike <laughs> has been single for how long now? Um, uh, probably since about March. I would so say. So I've been know. single since let's say roughly if today what's today <laughs> Tuesday. So I'm gonna say roughly thirty years. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> so I I mean, reading that article, I'm like, no, never in my life would I do any of these things. I have plenty of friends. Um and that's Chris also is why popular. I think if I'm like I've I do have a lot of like friends just from working and things like that, but now they're all getting married off. So I that article hit pretty hard. Um uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm not looking for friends. I'm like, like making friends as an adult is great until like, Mike, you could go out and make all these friends and then you're going to meet a girl that you're into and all of those friends you'll talk to. Oh, uh, the day of the Super Bowl only. (laughs) You're not like, you don't need, you have enough friends is what you're saying. I'm like, I'm saying like, if you're not trying to date me, stop sliding into the stop, stop trying to Okay, <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> like well, I'll have uh, I'll have like, these men that like slide into my DMs telling me how funny I am and stuff, and then I click on their profile and they're like dating women, and I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a compliment, Chris. I'm not trying to date you. Know, you. I tell uh, you all the time how funny I think you are. Yeah, but that's different because we know each other from like working together. If we just met at the grocery store and you were asking me, <laughs> calling me funny, I would be like this dude's trying to smash there's a difference <laughs> when like we were forced to meet basically right how lucky we are though that we were forced <laughs> to be i treasure our friendship chris amen but, all right so too. have you been dating at all like dana i know you're you know you're involved you have yeah, a, dana involved. Have like a nice boyfriend you have an airtight situation but uh <laughs> me and chris man i've been going on some of these like like hinge dates and stuff like that during the pandemic and like forget even making friends that is adding somebody new to your circle potentially not for very long but st- still yeah uh, i find it pretty difficult because i'll like talk to people for a while and then when they ask to exchange instagrams i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> that's that <laughs> Because I'm like, once you see my Instagram, I feel like you get an entire different idea There's no of going back. who I am. And like, right. so 
Also, I'm looking for somebody that lives in a mountain without internet access. I w- will chime in despite being involved, as you say, because uh-huh. everything is, vir- well, for the most part, is virtual now, which is the, the backbone of my relationship because we love a long distance. So love a long distance. The longest distance. Um, <laughs> and so I've been doing that for literal years and yeah. now everyone is and i get it because it's an adjustment when you've just been um like being able to meet people in person off dating apps or meeting someone at a bar or what have you to just being able to only do a facetime date which sounds like absolute hell if that's not your normal mm. um but it's it's perfectly doable if you want to do it and yeah. this, this is dated- more so aimed at you guys Um, My best friend dated long distance to from New York to Scotland for like four and a half years. And I mean, now they're married and you know, all of that. So and I did long distance New York to LA for a long time. And you know, that um, ended in uh, breaking up an entire apartment and moving out. So (laughs) So you have a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B and a little bit of column C, three options. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> uh, sorry. So pick. overall, are we are we the idea of virtual meeting up with anybody, like a virtual community uh, for making new friends, virtual meeting somebody to potentially date? Are we off that? Is that something that any of us are interested in? Personally, for me, not really. I don't know how you guys feel, but this was a suggestion from this article. It depends on how many glasses of Pinot Grigio I've had. <laughs> I don't love interacting with people to begin with. Um, I'm And I mostly am very, as many of my now friends have told me, quite intimidating and off-putting because I don't trust anyone until I've gotten to know them. So I'm just very like, yeah, hi, how's it going? Whatever to anyone that I meet. But a lot of times I become friends with people or we bond over a shared experience. So just an example, um, one of my now good friends, Alexa, were friends because we both did a photo shoot for Shop Betches and it was mm. freezing and we were out in like t-shirts and long tights. So that was like a shared traumatic experience being right. in the cold. <laughs> Not the shoot, just the cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but virtually, I, no. I, no, you can't know, you can't know everything about someone just over the internet. No matter how much we try to convince ourselves, you can. You 100%. can't. And trauma is very bonding. That's why people who yeah. fought in wars together stay friends <laughs> until they. A little, I mean, pass. a little different than mine, but. <laughs> yes, I mean, I have like oh, so many of my closest friends are that friends from uh, working in the restaurant together. Right. <laughs> and also it's traumatic. like literally like similar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we all have this common goal of like not getting attacked. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> by like a wild customer. Oh <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, listen, we've had uh, some very thoughtful discussions, uh, some sad, some happy, such is life. Um, but now it's time for Chris to talk to Heather. Yeah. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to listen. It's going to be awesome. Guys, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, but we're leaving you. Dana and I are gone. So please follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mike Coscarelli. Um, I'm at D Michelle one L four E's. And I am at Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Beautiful. 
Everybody, please listen to as many Betches podcasts as possible. And keep listening to this one. We'll be back next week with more stuff going on. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm Betches co-founder Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, And I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com, to shop spring looks now. Okay, guys, we are back, and we have a very special guest. We have Heather Ray Young of Selling Sunset. Heather, welcome. Hello, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So how are you doing? How's your uh, summer been, your quarantine? Yeah. I mean, summer, I feel like flew by. It's crazy. Um, 
yeah, we were just saying last time I'm up at my parents' house visiting, uh, we live in the mountains, they live in the mountains up in running springs. So I'm up here right now and this is where I grew up. And I'm just saying like, it's getting cold up here now. It feels like fall and I'm not ready for summer to be over. I feel like we didn't even get to do much. Oh, I know it's, I'm upstate. So uh, we're obviously based in New York, but I'm upstate at my parents and it's the same thing. It's like 65 degrees. It's like sweater weather already. It's too soon. I know it's too soon. So it's we've been, just been like, we've been enjoying our boat. We live in Newport beach. So we're enjoying our boat. That's been like a good outlet. Um, we traveled just one time to Cabo and I was a little freaked out, but you know, it was actually very safe in Cabo. We weren't, a, we were like not near anybody and we got to like enjoy and just relax and not worry about COVID. And so that was a nice little getaway. We're trying to plan like little mini like trips and yeah. feel normal. Total. And the house in Newport, I literally just watched a tour of the house in Newport, which is like pretty new, right? The Newport yeah. house. Yes. Yeah. We actually, that's like our summer beach rental. So I actually sold Tarek's house. Um, gosh, it must've been like four and a half months ago. We sold it like before COVID and it sold like very fast, like off market. So we had a really, like we had to find a house super quick. So we were looking to buy something and we could not find something quick enough. So we ended up renting for the summer and then we actually just bought a house. So we closed escrow two days ago on a house. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank what a you. power couple. Yes. We're trying. <laughs> um, how did quarantine affect the house selling business? It's actually lot, insanely busy right now. Like there's oh, not wow. even enough inventory and obviously like things change as far as showings. And now that I am down in Newport, a lot of my listings are up in uh, LA. So I've been doing a lot of FaceTime and, and I've like kind of just been letting my clients go and look at the houses without me there. And then I'll show up if I need to be, but some of my clients are immune compromised. So just mm. not to risk anything. I'm letting them handle it and I'll FaceTime with them during the, the showings. Yeah. I mean, that's great though, that there's a way that you can still be doing that. It's so nice. Yeah. We haven't, it hasn't slowed down though. It's been busy, busy. Um, okay. I think we all are wondering, cause we saw you catch the bouquet at the end of season three and <laughs> yeah. You're engaged now. I'm engaged. Yes. You want to see the ring? I like. I, I love showing. Of course, showing I want to see the ring. Let me. See. Can you see oh it? My God. <laughs> oh my God. The ring is. Christine is shaking. I love that ring so much. Oh, it's so beautiful. Like he, I just like I stare at it, and I'm so I'm not used to being a fiance. So I'm like, do I wear it in bed? Do I wear it in the shower? Like I don't know when to wear my ring, and I'm all freaked out. So uh, it's just so beautiful, though. He did a great job. It's. Can you tell us about the proposal? Yeah, I can tell you some, um, uh, but it's so exciting because I just got to see like a little teaser of the proposal. It's going to be out on HGTV, I think in September. I'm not sure the oh, exact amazing. date. Yeah, it's going to be um, on Tarek's show, Flipping 101. So, um, I mean, it's a long story, but basically he he tricked me. It was our one-year anniversary weekend, and we went to Catalina. He had all these surprises throughout the weekend, so I was just like excited about what was to come, and um, he had HGTV come and film it, but I thought we were just filming for the episode we shot for his show. He, they said we were just doing like extra B-roll. We're adding on to the episode and um, they just wanted to shoot us doing some lifestyle stuff. I'm like, okay, sure. Like, let's do it. And then he ended up proposing. So it was a big surprise. I kept That's, telling myself like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Cause I didn't want to get ex too excited and then and not happen. Yeah. And I'm sure also it's like easy. That explanation for you is probably easy. Cause you know that that is something that would happen on television. Exactly. Like I'm on TV. I know how it works. And like, it's for, it's for him. It's for work. So I'm not going to complain that the camera crew is following us around on our one year anniversary. And I knew he had special things set up and I just didn't want to ruin anything. Yeah. I'm not that type of girl that wants to like know all the details. I'm like, let's just like 
have fun. I'm excited to see what's to come. And um, yeah. little did I know he was planning a proposal the whole time, like stressing out. And I'm just like on vacay and he's like freaking out <laughs> the whole time. That's yeah. My friend got, uh, when she was proposed to could see the like ring in his pocket the whole day and was like the whole day texting me like I don't know I, how do I pretend like this isn't happening oh my yeah it's, it, especially like, you don't want to ruin the surprise it's like such a special moment and Tark had planned it for months and like stress between like planning everything and uh finding the ring and um making like all the moving parts it was a lot and I was just like you know no clue what was going on but it was, oh, it was a proposal. I just I want to like relive the moment again it was so beautiful and you will get to because it'll be on TV. That'll <laughs> be so good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, I get to watch it. I'm, so I'm excited to see that too. Yeah, how's the wedding planning going? During it's going, yeah. I um I can't tell you guys yet, but I picked a wedding uh, a dress designer, so I'm really excited. I'm gonna um I'm gonna tell everyone um in September because I'm gonna go and and look even. I found like five dresses that I love, so I'm really excited. But um yeah, we're still trying to lock down a location. We don't know where we want to do it. Yeah, I bet, and I bet doing all of it still when COVID is <clears throat> affecting things is yeah, and that's the thing we we don't want to have a COVID wedding. We want it to be yeah. normal, and we don't want everyone everyone to be worried to show up, and we don't want anyone wearing masks. So we're planning summer twenty twenty one. Oh, great! Yeah, so you have you have time. We have some time. Um, do you think it'll be anything like? I know you talked about your wedding dress and plans during Christine's uh, wedding planning. I'm assuming it's not going to be anything like that. I'm definitely not as um, over the top as Christine. And I think her wedding was fabulous. It was beautiful. Like it was probably the prettiest wedding I've ever been to. And I think mine would probably be a mix between like Mary in between Mary's and Christine's. I think it's going to be like in the I was going to say, I was like, you guys have had like kind of two extreme wedding uh, variations. Yes. And so when you caught that bouquet, I was like, oh God, I hope that season four, we get Heather's wedding. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tark and I are still trying to decide if we want it filmed. I, we're leaning more towards no, but you know, we'll obviously film it privately and then I'm sure we'll have it out there somewhere. But yeah. I think as far as the show, like, I don't want my family to be mic'd up and worried about being on camera. I don't want me to be pulled away at my wedding and um, you know, I saw how the girls, how it went at the girls' weddings and it was great and everything was amazing, but you know, we're still filming a show. So we yeah. have to be aware of that. And, and I don't know, I just don't know if I'm, if I want that. It's I have always day. wondered cause they can't really play like music, right? Like regular music during a filmed wedding. I know just from like the, um, like housewife shows when they have weddings that I'm like, it's gotta be kind of awkward just to have no music at your wedding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I think like during the reception, they ended up turning it, turning it on. But yeah, everything. Yeah, I don't remember actually. But yeah, that's another thing. I don't. I don't want that. I want it to yeah. just be like this amazing special day. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, especially because like you've talked about. I feel like throughout, like how much you just want like the love of the wedding. So. Either way, I'm excited for you. Thank you. And I will find those pictures. Um, has Tarek been helpful in the planning of the wedding? Or are you more, is he yeah. more of a Romaine in the planning of the wedding? Or a, no, uh... he's like full involved. Like he loves it. He said like he wants to like be involved the whole time. I mean, obviously probably like little things I'll probably just take care of. But 
no, he's, he wants to be involved the whole time. Like he's so excited. He's like, let's just make this like the most fun wedding ever. And you know, we're fun people. Like we're so in love. Yeah. We just like want to celebrate with everyone, but he's great. And he's like, the, the hardest part is making the decision where we want to have it. So yeah. we're either like, we're going to do California or we might do uh, maybe Mexico somewhere. Oh, that'd be so fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Um, okay. So selling sunset season three was obviously a huge hit. Um, everybody that I know, I know all of us at Betches, you were the hot topic for like the past three weeks oh, I love um, it. in general, literally. Uh, and it was top 10 on Netflix for a long time. I watched the entire series from season one to three in like three days, I think. You watched them all. Like you didn't, you hadn't watched season one or two. You just watched everything. I watched everything because I get so like invested in things and literally I, look at I, my tweets are like I can't stop thinking about selling sunset because I get like so invested in it but season three I feel like the whole world was talking about it was it um very different for you when that season came out comparatively it yeah it was and you know season three came out right around the time that Tarek proposed to so it just like skyrocketed and um I feel like things just changed overnight and you know we when we filmed season one we didn't know if it was going to do great or not do great. We were like, okay, a reality show on Netflix. Like, how is that going to do? So all oh, my messages, whoops. They keep popping up on the screen. And I don't know how to stop that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a pain. It took me, uh, I literally had to Google it. You have to like unregister your phone from the computer. Honestly, it's not worth it. I had a live <laughs> the other day with KTLA, like live in the morning. And like my thing was like beeping. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I always just blame someone else on the on the uh, Skype. Like be like, have, who's not like, muted? <laughs> is that you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was embarrassing. But I think everyone's like, whatever. We're all doing this through Zoom and weird spots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we didn't, as a group, like we're just weird as like normal people. And we didn't know if it was going to do well or not do well, like a reality show on Netflix and season one did good. Um, obviously we got another two seasons and then season two, I think that, you know, that did even better, but then season three, yeah, it just skyrocketed. And all of us just, I mean, our Instagrams blew up. We're getting, you know, tons of inquiries for listings and, it's just been nonstop. Like, you know, I'm recognized everywhere and, um, yeah, yeah, it's just been, it's been really surreal, honestly. Um, I mean, I loved, and that must've been also during COVID for it to come out when you're like at home, not being able to like focus on other things. I feel yeah. like I would be going into a hole of like <laughs> obsession. Um, but that was so exciting. And I mean, Tarek has been, doing reality TV also for a while. So I, I feel like that's a nice, um, you know. Yeah. I feel like if he was anybody, it would be hard to understand all of a sudden, like the overnight fame. The overnight fame, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's been so wonderful. He's so supportive of me and my career and he just wants like the best for me. And he's been such a great help because it's a lot to take on as well. I mean, it's, like you said, it's kind of like overnight, it just blew up and it's a lot to navigate and, um, you know, people are like saying all these things about us and um, a lot of rumors or a lot of speculating and like, this is our real life. So you have yeah. to like, remember, like people don't know, they see us on TV, but they don't know everything about us. So yeah. Tarp's been really nice to kind of like reel me back in and be, and be like, like, this is how it's going to be like moving forward. And um, I just have to stay focused on like what's important and not listen to like negative comments. Yeah, totally. To which speaking of, I've been staunchly defending the idea that you guys aren't actually um, 
realtors. And when you had to postpone on, I think we were supposed to do it Friday and you postponed because you had a showing. I was like, the proof is in the pudding. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. are actual realtors. But I, you're, you, uh, you're like entry into selling real estate to begin with, I think is very impressive. Yeah. You know, I like very quickly sold, you know, had a huge two big listings, like within the first few months, I think I got my listing like a month after I got my license, I got a $7.2 million listing. And then it sold within three months of me having my license, which is not, that's not easy. So I started very fast and I knew a lot of people from my modeling career. So I, I took, like my contacts I had from there and I brought it into my real estate, but yeah, it's crazy. We've all been real estate agents for years. We've all known each other for years before the show. I mean, Chriselle was the only one that was brought on. And then Davina started at the office a few months before um, the show. Like we had already like shot the pilot. I think we did. I think we already shot the pilot and we had already met with the producers and everything. And then Davina, but Davina was already working at the office. So Chriselle was the only one that was brought into the office, but she was already working at a different office. So, you know, it's crazy. It's like, I read those things. I'm like, what? (laughs) I know. Well, I was like the episode when you and Amanda, when Amanda like shows up late, I was like, that is real frustration coming from Heather. Like there's no way this is fake. Cause that I was upset for you. So I was like, they're realtors. I'm not having this uh, argument yeah. anymore. Yeah. And the, the scene, like when we were in the office and we had that office meeting and Amanda was late, like she was like an hour and a half late and Jason was pissed. Like that we were all just sitting around waiting for her for the office meeting. And I think we ended up, did we start without her? I don't remember, but he I was think late. you did from watching yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I think we started, I think we started without her and then she came in and I mean, everyone was just really upset because we were, I, I'm always early. The girls are always usually on time. And then she stumbles in an hour and a half late. So she was going through a lot of personal things, yeah. but we were trying to like teach her in real estate. You can't be late, even if you're dealing with a bunch of personal things. So yeah. And that also must a lot to balance, especially with also filming, like I think people, a lot of people forget the added pressure of like all of this is being filmed and you're not alone in these rooms. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot to juggle like between kids and showings and our clients and then filming and balancing like our personal lives and our relationships. It's a lot. It definitely is. And you're prepping for filming. So you have to have your outfits ready. You have to have your hair ready. And, um, you know, I don't get my makeup done, but the girls, you know, get their makeup done. So we have to plan. It's not just like we show up and, uh, that's it. Like, we're still like, you know, we have to get ready for the office, but you have to get ready for filming too. So it's a lot. Yeah. Your makeup always looks so beautiful. I can't believe that you never Thank get your you. makeup done. Oh, that's so sweet. I just do my, I mean, when we'd have events and we have like the wedding and things like that and the bachelor yeah. party, I got my makeup done, but on the day-to-day basis, I can't do my hair very well. My mom braided me today, but oh, I um, love it. my, I, I like to get my hair done. Um, I love it. Well, Heather, we love you so much. Thank you so much for talking with me. Um, Before you go, where can our followers find you on social? Yes. Heather Ray Young is pretty much, it's everything. And Ray is R-A-E. And thank you so much, guys. Make sure that you watch all of Selling Sunset on Netflix because it is just pristine. Uh, Literally obsessed with it. Going to rewatch the whole thing. Thank you, Thank you so much. And I hope we'll talk soon. Good luck with all the wedding planning. I can't wait to see the photos. Yes. I can't wait to show you guys the dress. Well, I guess that'll be a while, but I'm going to like, I'm going to tease you guys a little bit. So I can't wait. I know we also have the Betches Brides um, 
account. So it's like yeah, I heard all, about that. And the they love anything, uh, you know. I'm sure they're literally all chomping at the bit. So I have to, I'll have to come on and um, do that one with you guys too. Yes, you must. Okay, thanks so much, Heather. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Betches.